The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The auction industry can be an exciting and fast-paced way that Americans and the world can convert desired items into cash. But if you don't know how it all works, it can become quite confusing. Welcome to Ed Spencer's American Auction View. In this program, you will learn how merchandisers, attorneys, estate executors, retail outlets, and the general public are using the auction system to their benefit. And you'll find out how it all works. Now, here is Ed Spencer with co-host Luke Spencer. Hello, everyone. Uh, nice to be with you again this evening. Uh, I'm Ed Spencer, uh, owner of Spencer Real Estate and Auction Company and Auctions America. Uh, my son, Luke, is here with me. He's a co-host. Go ahead. Say hello, Luke. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to us. Luke's a, a, a real estate agent and an auctioneer with our firm and does a good job. Uh, well, our topic tonight, and again, we're going to try to do a better job of getting our topics out ahead of time. I guess we've been told a little bit that maybe we're a little lax in getting our topics out right like they should. We should, so we're going to do a little better. But we had, we did get the topic. I own, I know I did a little commercial on it last week. So the auction, the topic uh, this week is auctions, uh, firearm auctions. Basically, we're going to kind of study firearms uh, auctions and uh, firearms are right today and for the last few years are something that's kind of very near, dear and near to people's heart. You see, everywhere you go, you see uh, protect the Second Amend- Amendment. Uh, the right to keep and bear arms and uh, the NRA and so it's it's kind of a well it's a, it's a political hot point and it's a public hot point everybody likes their guns uh, this nation uh, has had a history all it's all it's uh, ever since it's been in existence of having the right to keep and bear arms the Second Amendment so it's very you can get people fired up pretty easy if uh, if you talk about infringing on that Second Amendment so. The last few years, there's just been a oh, kind of, not, I don't know if craze is the right word, but it's been, uh, maybe it is the right word. There's been all kinds of people uh, after guns and, and things, and, and, and then you add that to the hunting aspect that's already huge in this country, and, uh, and then the, the uh, aspect about, of, of uh, personal protection. Uh, that's, that's in the news daily, and you hear uh, some people uh, using that right <laughs> A little quick little story. We're located here in southwestern Iowa, and uh, it was about oh two months ago that uh, uh, I, there was a there was a fugitive. I don't know. He was a fugitive. I think from an Iowa penitentiary or something, and I don't know how he got out or whatever. But he was on the loose for two or three days, and he, just, and he happened to stop one uh, on his when he was on the run. He happened to stop out in a, a remote farmhouse in south in su- southern Iowa. And he went into the remote farmhouse, and the couple that lived in that house, I think they were in their 80s. And uh, make a long story short, the, the gentleman, the elderly gentleman was armed, and the fugitive is not a fugitive anymore. He, he ended it right there. And, uh, and never, obviously never got any trouble. He was protecting him and his wife and his own property. And so <laughs> you hear a few of those stories, and then people are more and more people, and women included, are going to, they're going to these firearms classes and 
concealed carry classes and and uh, to protect themselves, and so it's it's kind of a big deal. Uh, throughout my career here, which is kind of lengthy, but I I uh, we do uh, we have done several firearm auctions, and we do a lot of times we'll do exclusive firearm auctions. I've had the privilege of selling uh, some uh, for people retiring in estates where. Gun collectors might have two, three hundred guns, and then you uh, rent a hall and you and you uh, advertise it, and have a specific, uh, specific uh, auction just for that purpose, and it's always well attended. If you advertise it right, they'll just they'll, uh, they'll you got to make sure your hall's big enough, because it generates a, a lot, a lot of interest. And then when we have those and those kind of the, those kind of situations, we have a FFL, a federal firearms dealer present and he does the transfers for us and uh, <clears throat> then all, also those kind of auctions are specific uh, specific gun auctions uh, we we do that uh, they transfer the guns for us when you have when you have a an estate that might not be a complete gun auction but just in the process of selling out the estate they've got some firearms then you go ahead and sell those up firearms at the auction at the regular auction and then you still have to comply with the rules. We you still have an FFL uh, licensee. Uh, if we're in Iowa, we have an FFL li- uh, dealer here take care of the transfers. If a buyer's from out of state, Nebraska or surrounding state, South Dakota, we have to transfer that gun and that paperwork to an FFL dealer in that state, and then that buyer has to pick up his, his firearm there. So it's uh, it can be, you know, it's not... It, Confusing, I guess, isn't it's not confusing, but it, there's a lot to remember. And what's uh, you got to make sure you do it right because if there's anything you, you don't want, you just don't want to, to uh, have anything go wrong that way. We've got a we had an auction not the terrible so terrible long ago. One of our consigners was a uh, firearms dealer in Missouri Valley, Missouri Valley. I was located uh, uh, just uh, east west of us, it's right on the edge of the state on I 29. And uh, the, this dealer, he's a good friend of Luke's, and uh, he's become a good friend of mine. He's a good dealer. Uh, he'll be calling in, I think, as a guest tonight. Maybe, I, I believe he will, he'll be calling in probably uh, in the second segment. And he's got his own uh, firearms dealership and, and does a good job, and he's very knowledgeable and very nice uh, very nice young man. So I hope he calls. His name is Scott Bade. Beatty. Beatty. I'm sorry. Is it Beatty? Beatty. Okay. I'm sorry, Scott. Uh, Scott Beatty. And Luke knows him, as I said, a little better than I do. But uh, he'll be calling in, and we've got questions. Uh, I've got some questions lined up to ask him that I think will inform, help inform the public about firearm auctions. And then we'll also have that. Now, you got that number, Jana. Jana's with us tonight. Jana is the one that keeps us all straight. So uh, that uh, phone in number tonight is 866 866- Four seven two five seven nine zero. So you might write that down a little bit. Eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. And uh, you're welcome to call in, and, and you could call in any time and ask some questions about auctions or firearms or whatever. And then uh, also when Scott, if he when he calls in, our guest uh, tonight, why uh, you can have questions for him. And I'm sure he's he's more knowledgeable in the firearms business than we are. But so hopefully it'll be an informative uh, evening for everyone. Uh, before we get before Scott uh, calls in, or before we get that guest, I I did a little research, and Jana did some research a little bit here today, and. and uh, one of the things uh, there's there's the the auctions that we're talking about. Now we're auctioneers, and so 
the bulk the bulk of our auctions or or, or uh, audio auctions where where we actually call out the, the bidding where we actually uh, have a, <clears throat> have an audible auction and uh, and and so that's I've been doing this for since uh, in the eighties and and so that's how our business is uh, you, you know that's how our business is formed and that's basically what we do now here in the last few years there's online auctions they call them auctions and that's fine and they do but they're they they're uh and you bid by the click of your mouse and uh gun brokers a big site for that gun brokers is a big site and there's and there's and so so those auctions when you refer to auctions today you just don't aren't necessarily talking about uh Regular auctions, as we as we think of them, they can be online auctions and things like that. And then when you get back to that, uh, the the NRA, as I mentioned a little bit ago, is a big supporter of the Second Amendment, and uh, and a, a very powerful uh, when it comes to uh, political backing, political uh, uh, <coughs> in all, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say, political. Uh, uh, in, in elections, and uh, and so when they get candidates that are for the NRA, for the Second Amendment, they will back them, and they'll back them with a vengeance. And I uh, did a little research with them today, the NRA, and uh, they have, and I'm a little confused, I guess, but because my research shows that they had two sites that they say are official auction sites. One was gunauctions.com, and this says the official auction site of the NRA, and then the next one that says auctions, the auctionarms.com. And they say they're the official site of the NRA. Now, either I'm missing something or I don't magic girls. There's two official sites, but or they're one and the same. And, and uh, I'm just a little confused. If somebody knows, I'm sure there's somebody out there, hopefully listening, that knows uh, and can straighten us out on that, which one is the official site or if they both are, uh, you know, then we'll stand corrected and, and we just want to be sure and pass on the right information. The first one I looked at, uh, gunauction.com, uh, it says official auction site of the NRA, and it tells about joining and, and what to do and how to how to uh, consign uh, your auction, your guns to auctions. And basically, they're, as near as I can tell, they're talking about online auctions. And uh, it says that uh, the name of the founder of the organization, uh, gunauction.com, is Manny De La Cruz. And uh, and uh, so anyway, he, he uh, they're, they're the founder of it, and so I, as I said, I'm a little confused whether there's one or two auction sites. Uh, and one thing I thought was interesting on their site was they had a kind of a gun auction uh, glossary. So there's different terms they try to educate their people that might attend their site or attend their auctions or consign, and make sure that they're the uh, they're aware of the of the of the verbiage that's used and, and what they all mean. And so I thought I might run down that glossary just a little bit. Some of them, you know, I think kind of took me by surprise a little bit. Auction, uh, it, it goes to tell about auctions. It says, I know you're shaking your head. There are folks here that have asked this question. Well, uh, an auction can be, as I said, a verbal oral auction or a private auction or, or, a, uh, or a silent auction or uh, an auction where you, uh, an online auction. The basic kind of auction uh, is what a reserve is a non-reserve auction, and where you put you put things up. The auctioneer advertises the items to be sold, and 
have the auction. It's conducted a specific place, date, and time. Everyone shows up. The auctioneer auctions the item. Their clerk records what's done, who the buyer is, what the price is, and uh, and then after the auction, why the the buyers settle up. And in most most of the uh, merchandise is sold that way. They take possession that day. That what we're talking about today, gun auctions, they don't. Uh, there's there's exceptions to the rule, but most gun auctions you'll have to go ahead and go through a dealer to get your firearm. So, uh, so anyway, they're called there's a they call the best offer auction, and it's an auction where the seller lists an item and it's starting at a buy it now price. And uh, I can I do some cattle auctions and they have they do that where uh, somebody might consign a gun or, or cattle as I'm used to or whatever. But we're talking about guns tonight, so you'd consign a gun. At, at uh, say $500. Five, $500. Okay, so $500, and somebody could come along and look at that gun and say, hey, I think it's worth $500, and they'd click buy it now. And if you click buy it now, and then it's over, it's done, you've, got, you've won the gun, and you go ahead and proceed and pay for it. And uh, the, as opposed to that, if, the, if nobody clicks to buy it now, then the gun, then you're welcome to bid on that firearm, and then you'll go through the regular auction process. But once they buy it now and click on it, then then it's over, and they wait for the next uh, next item. Are we getting close to break? Yes, we're getting close to break. Okay, let's how go, close? Let's go to <laughs> okay. <laughs> Luke says we're getting close to break. We're going to uh, wrap this statement up a little bit, and then uh, uh, we're. I think we believe Scott Beatty, our guest uh, tonight, will be calling in. We'll ask, start asking him some questions. See you next on the next segment. Thank. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. your plan going? Could you use a little help on your path to success? Why not step up and play big? Join host Chris Ruisi for a show that will help you identify the possibilities that await you. Too many people succumb to just being average when they could be exceeding average without too much more effort. It's time for you to become exceptional. Raise the bar to your success. Basically, it's time for you to step up and play big. Join Chris Ruisi every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Ed Spencer's American Auction View. 
To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Jaina at edspencer.com. That's J-A-I-N-A at edspencer.com. And she'll make sure you have an answer as soon as possible. Now, back to Ed Spencer and Luke Spencer. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, pleasure to have you with us here tonight. We're uh, talking about firearms and uh, uh, trying to go through a few rules and things about them. And uh, hope you're learning something. I'm here. This uh, I'm Ed Spencer. Luke's here. Our uh, assistant Jana that keeps us all straight is here. Uh, right now, we on the on the line. We've got Scott Beatty. Uh, Scott, I'm going to just give him a brief introduction. He owns uh, Valley Arms uh, Firearm Dealership, been located in Missouri Valley, Iowa. Uh, Missouri Valley is on the western edge of the state by Interstate I-29, and uh, we've we've done some business with Scott in the past, and uh, excellent to do business with, very, very knowledgeable, and we just really, really appreciate him calling in here tonight and talking to us a little bit. So uh, without further ado, here's Scott Beatty. Scott, it's really nice to have you here. Thank you for, for calling in. Thanks, Ed. Hi, Luke. How you doing, Scott? <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to start, I guess, Scott, with giving you just ask a few questions about uh, your business a little bit. This maybe I know, but the public sure doesn't. And uh, uh, Scott, as I said, owns a it's Valley Arms, is that right, Scott? Yeah, that's right. We're just north of Omaha, or out north of uh, Valley Arms, about a mile. Or I mean, yeah. Missouri Valley. I'm sorry. Yeah, and in Missouri Valley, to give you everybody a a uh, connection, Missouri Valley is about 25 miles northeast of Omaha, Nebraska. So we're right in the south, uh, on the south, on the western edge of the state, and close to I twenty nine. It's got good access, and and uh, Scotts. I've been to, and Luke uh, goes to his. You can chime in anytime. Yeah, I will. Scott goes to Luke uh, has been to his dealership. I think probably more times than I. He's got a really nice dealership there on the north edge of Missouri Valley, and a lot of good customers. How, how long have you been a dealer, Scott? Since two thousand eleven. Two thousand eleven. What made you get interested in guns? Oh, I've always been interested in guns since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. Uh, Dad got me interested and took me hunting all the time. Uh, I used to be a guide for uh, Duck and Goose Pit. My brother and I both were uh, along with Dad and uh, kind of stuck with me my whole life. And uh, one day somebody suggested I start a gun or get an FFL and start a business. And kind of just a light bulb went off and thought, yeah, I should have been doing this a long time ago. So... Where did you grow up? Did you grow up right here, Scott, or a ways away? Omaha, but had a lot of rural ties. I see. So you conducted hunts kind of everywhere, or just around Omaha, or what? Um, mostly around uh, Tekema um, was where Duck and Goose Pit was in that area, Tekema, Nebraska. Um, we had a, a small farm in town, um, pony ride business and stuff since I was little. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so we kind of had a farm in town, but... Uh, well, yeah, we always hunted around Stanton, Nebraska, too, where grandmas, uh, grandpas lived. They get, that's a good flyway, isn't it? Uh, yep, yep, real good yeah. flyway. And, uh, we used to yeah. run a lot of quail and pheasants over there, too. Yeah, that's good. So you kind of, your, hunt, your uh, background is kind of in hunting, and that's kind of how you, you got, you know, grown up in the, grew up in, with firearms and became more, more and more interested in them, right? Yep, it's more of a, yep. more of a, a love of the, of the sport and the and the guns than a, than a business to me. Yeah, and this is a little off the subject of uh, the guns, but when you go into Scott's uh, shop, he has quite the deer. 
that he has mounted. I believe he took with the bow, didn't you, Scott? Yeah, yeah, did a couple of years ago. Yeah, and what Pretty what much. did he score? Well, it, it, was, it was a green score, two thirty, but we haven't had a dry score done yet on it yet. And, uh, just kind of wanted to get it powered up and put in the shop as fast as possible, so we did that. That's a big deer. That's a big deer. That's a that's a big white tail. And you took him right, right, just back behind where your house and shop is, didn't you? Right on the yeah, farm. Yeah, not, not too far behind it. It was yep. pure luck on my part. <laughs> well, that's, a little bit of skill, a little bit of skill, but mostly luck. We're fortunate that to live in an area where there's a lot of white tail and and big white tail, and so it's. It's, it's uh, they're there. Well, you just got to be uh, patient enough and have enough skill to take one. So, uh, anyway, that's interesting. I that you know, when did you get that deer? Just now, it got me interested. In, in November of eleven. <laughs> November of eleven. So. Yep. Yeah. Uh, when you went to when you decided to become a dealer, what do you what do you do? I mean, how do you get in get going in? Well, it was uh, I. I was gonna. You have to have a uh, you know a, a secure building, a separate area. I guess you can have it in your house, but they don't recommend it. Um, and I had a building, was you know ready to start you know outfitting it for a gun shop, but I really wasn't sure because I didn't know if I'd get my license. I applied for it. it took probably four months or five months, I would say. Um, and then all of a sudden they came out interview me, and it happened. So I had to hurry up and put a bunch of stuff together and shoot the first month I was there. I was actually had a lot of my personal guns out there for sale. So we had some stock and we started with about 20 guns at that time, you know, um, but, uh, kind of took off from there. Then you, you become, become connected with a supplier somewhere, I suppose. Yeah, several, uh, you know, when I first started, it was only like, I only had about three suppliers that I could get stuff pretty regular from, but, as time went on and as times have gotten tougher to get firearms and ammo, I've had to expand my wholesalers to probably 25 or 30. Oh, wow. Um, you know, the days of me being able to order 20,000 rounds, I haven't seen those days since I first opened up. Now we're lucky to get 1,000 rounds of 9 millimeter, or 1,000 rounds of 223. It's loosening up now on some of that, but still... Like twenty-two long rifle, twenty-two magnums, you cannot hardly get. Even I can hardly get with three different wholesalers. And that's been uh, been like that for the last what eighteen well, months, hasn't it? Yeah, eighteen months, I would say. Um, uh, we, we, we've we were out of twenty-two magnum um, for over a year, and personally, um, as I expand my. Wholesalers also expand with other dealers throughout the country. Another dealer, he had a, a large cache of 22 Magnums, so I was able to get some of those in uh, last week. Uh, just purchased them from him, basically, and selling them at the cost I got them for, just so we have them available in the shop for people. Um, same with 22 Long Rifle. We're just starting to get some 22 Long Rifle shells in. Um, they're starting to loosen up a little bit now. These guns, you know, they've always been popular, but... Didn't they get to the ammunition and the guns even got more popular here? I hate to say it over a bad event, but wasn't about 18 months to two years ago when the shooting happened in Connecticut. Then that's when the ARs and everything just kind of just went crazy. Or am I right? Yeah, yeah, they skyrocketed uh, and they doubled in price. Um, the um, the shooting and then the subsequent um, threats of 
laws and bans um, got people really buying and hoarding um, magazines, high caliber, like best magazines, um, AR-15 style rifles, things like that. They were just tough to get. We were we had a Oh, probably about 25 of them that all hit, and we were sold out within a week. Wow. Are some of those threats of, of uh, bands and things, are they kind of, have they subsided, or the threat's still there? Or I, I think they're subsiding. Um, we're starting to, of course, you still hear things from Michael Bloomberg about how he's going he's gonna to spend $50 million to, to fight uh, guns, but... Uh, I think with uh, elections coming up, I think that's quieted down. I think a lot of those uh, um, congressmen and senators that are um, trying to get reelected uh, decided not to yeah. pursue that right now, I think. Mayor Bloomberg, the former mayor of New York, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. If he wanted to fight it so bad, why didn't he fight it while he was still mayor? <laughs> well, he, he just... <laughs> He just, uh, I think it just came out yesterday or today that he was going to spend oh, right. $50 of his own money to, uh, oh, wow. to uh, start a grassroots nice um, movement against guns across the country. But I, don't, I yeah. think he's not familiar with the word grassroots, what that means. Right. Jada does her homework maybe more than we do, but she just sent us a, let, a note across the table that says that Mayor and Mayor Mike Bloomberg is spending $50 million to take on the NRA. Which yep, yep. Ed touched a base on this a little earlier. Now the NRA, they're big boys. I mean, there's, you know, well, I, I, I you I, know, I, 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 I would say fifty million wouldn't touch be a drop in the bucket. What the NRA could drum up, exactly. drop in the bucket. That's exactly. I, right. I, yeah, I mean, well, all the all the supporters and people of the NRA, um, we we do. We do the NRA banquet for Pottawatomie County, which is a fundraiser, and we do the Pheasants Forever in Pottawatomie County, and the Turkey Banquet, which is a fundraiser. And you look at all them people, and you look and you try to say they're going to take their guns away from them, and that's just a very small dent in the population. No, that strikes a nerve. Yeah, oh boy. There's no way it's yeah, happen. yeah, it strikes a nerve, and I just don't I don't see how it happens. I mean, when we've seen all these guns going high, I I own a few guns, and I enjoy the hunting, and uh, I believe in protecting myself, and Ed and I both are have the permit to carry. But I just think it's kind of crazy when these people are just thinking that everybody's going to take their guns away. I just don't, I don't see it happening, but maybe, maybe it will. I mean, what's your thoughts on that, Scott? I don't see it happening either, but, um, you know, when you hear a lot of these politicians making these wild statements and um, trying to pass these wild laws, they, you know, people get scared, and they, uh, that's what's happening right now, I think, a lot in a lot of ways. Uh, a lot more women are carrying uh, pistols because uh, it's, it's getting to be a scary place out there for a lot of people. Um, a lot of robberies, carjackings, um, shootings. Um, everybody's uh, a little scared. So uh, when we have concealed carry class uh, at our shop, we, you know, we have probably seventy, eighty percent of them are women. Really? When I took my con- when I took my concealed carry class, I'd say probably a year to eighteen months ago. Maybe it's even been two years. Um, I would say seventy to eighty percent in our class was women, and I would say that the most of the women that were in there were age between 50 and 70. 
you know, yeah, we're, was, we're getting a lot, a lot younger ones now. I would say, oh, yeah. I would say, um, thirty to fifty now. Now they're making guns with paint camo and paint. Oh and yeah, all this they, the, yeah, they've got them. They've got them to attract. Then you got women that are, I think, pretty powerful in there that are also promoting it. I'm, I'm kind of a, fa- I'm on Facebook, I guess, and check things out, and then. The hunting show, everybody knows who Jim Shockey is. Well, his daughter, Ava Shockey, is, I'm sure, about every man that knows how to hunt knows what she probably looks like. She's a pretty good-looking gal. <laughs> she uh, She's always putting stuff on there about, you know, protection and gun rights and hunting. And she's probably done, I would say, she's probably helped that out a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, be bad. But you have, you have classes at your own shop? Yep. As a matter of fact, we got one April 25th. Um, it's a Friday night. Uh, they cost $55 per person. And that, uh, then you take, get your certificate and you take it to the sheriff's office for what county you live in, uh, in Iowa. And, uh, then you get a five year card that costs you, I think, I think it's $50 once you go there. When's your uh, next, this Friday, you said? Or you're, you're the instructor, uh, April Scott? 20, April 25th, Friday night. Oh. Yeah. You're the instructor? Yep. I'm the instructor. Uh, we also have a couple other people that come in and help me instruct, uh, but yeah, I'm the main instructor for that. I'm an NRA right. instructor for uh, basic okay. pistol safety. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go to break here. Uh, it's coming up on this la- on the second set. We'd like to have you stay on. We'd like to have you stay online, Scott. And I, I think we've got we a lot more to talk a few about. Few more if questions, you don't mind. if you don't mind. You bet. You bet. No problem. Okay, mate. We're Thank gonna go to break we'll and be back. See you on the next segment. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. What does conscious leadership mean to you? It unites organizations instead of dividing them. By exploring commonly based business challenges, it guarantees an increase in your bottom line. Tune in to Minding Our Business, Creating a Spiritual Economy with your host, Nadine Rogers. Each week, we'll hear from business leaders and learn from their strategies. We'll talk about personal and organizational best practices that you can learn from, and we'll hear from you. Minding Our Business airs live Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Ed Spencer's American Auction View. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to jana at edspencer.com. 
That's J-A-I-N-A at edspencer.com, and she'll make sure you have an answer as soon as possible. Now, back to Ed Spencer and Luke Spencer. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our third se- third segment. Uh, I'm Ed Spencer. Luke here with me and Jaina. And uh, we're, we have on the line, we've got Scott Beatty. Uh, he owns Valley Arms. He's a gun, uh, gun dealership uh, there north of Missouri Valley, Iowa. And uh, very informative, and we've been uh, we've got him to stick around for this next segment. So, thanks for coming back with us, Scott. No problem. We were talking. I guess when the, we went to break, we were talking about uh, protection and personal carry, and, and, and women uh, and women carrying, the- carrying guns and things like that. And Scott just informed us that he. I guess I didn't know this. I guess, but he he does his own schools. How do you, how do you get certified to do that, Scott? Yeah, go to an NRA instructor class. Uh, do that. Um, do that right after I open the shop. Uh, select uh, so I can teach the basic pistol instruction, which is a requirement for Iowa concealed carry, mm-hmm. as well as Nebraska. But I, I'm not certified. For, I mean, I could do Nebraska, but I didn't certify my class for it, so I'm only doing Iowa right now. Iowa's oh, wow. a four-hour class, and Nebraska's an eight-hour, and I just don't think I we have time for an eight-hour class at our shop. Yeah, it, you could it, you could still hold it a, a Nebraska class at your Iowa location if you wanted to. If I wanted to, yes. But uh, yeah. I've got some Iowa instructors that have expressed an interest to use the shop for that. Oh, because um, they in, in Nebraska you have to shoot uh, for the class, and we have oh, really? we have ranges on my property that I let them use for that. Uh, the Iowa class you do not have to shoot. It's uh, but we do a simulated shoot. Just that's part of my class that I add on to it. Yeah. Uh, what, why don't you hit on the rules here a little bit? This there are the the rules that govern firearms. Are they state? Are they federal? Are they both? Or what are they? Uh, federal. All federal. All federal. Okay. So your so basically is a state rule, but a purchase to purchase a firearm or sell a firearm, it's federal. Now is. So they're pretty well the same throughout the United States, then, I take it, huh? I mean, ever, the, ever? For the purchasing, yes. Um, the concealed carriers can differ from state to state, and we still don't have, a, you know, a reciprocity between all the states where they recognize everybody else's concealed carry. So when you travel with a concealed carry permit from Iowa, it's good to check uh, the other states and uh, see what they're rules are. Uh, most of them will accept it, but uh, there's still some that don't. Like we're so close to, to Omaha, where we're at now, is it legal to carry your Iowa firearm in Omaha or not? Yes, it is. It is? Uh, as as you're not a, if you're a resident of Omaha, you have to register with Omaha. But if you're not a resident of Omaha, it becomes, you know, a Nebraska law, and you're, they recognize our concealed carry in Nebraska. <laughs> Well, that's pretty good. If you're going to cross the river, it's pretty hard to yeah. run home and get rid of it, you know, or put it away. I don't know if I know the right terminology, what I want to say here, but in Iowa, you're, if you, ha- you can have your handgun on the seat of your car. Or you don't have to have it hidden. In, but in Nebraska, you can't have it out and about, can you? I don't know if I'm using the right term. I, I know I'm not um, using the right it, terminology. It's called open, it's called open carry, and, and open okay. carry... I believe is legal in Iowa. They've changed it a little bit. I'm not positive yet, but I think in Iowa it is open carry. Uh, 
I don't recommend Mecharanda because it just causes it can cause trouble for you. But uh, yeah, it's better to keep it concealed. Nebraska, you have, I think you have to have it concealed. I believe. Yeah. Okay. Open carry. That's like the Wild West, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we we don't want to go back there very bad. I don't I don't think we do anyway. But uh, it, 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 I'd rather not. Everybody didn't know that I had one on. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just. You know, it just was worth it. It's a peace of mind. You need if it's it's there if you need it. That's where it's there. That's the purpose, right? Yep. I mean, you know, yeah. Let's let's. Uh, anyway, I got a few other little questions here. I guess we, well, I was going to break. I want to try to tie this into the to the as it relates to auctions a little bit. I know you sold some firearms at auctions and things like that. What's what's your perspective of selling firearms at auction? I think it's a great way to go. Um, uh, you will never lose money on guns. I think that's the best investment in the world, even if you don't shoot. Um, if you hang on to them long enough, they, they do come higher in value, and you can you can make some money on them by setting up some an auction. Yeah, I, I know, uh, you know, as you, everybody knows I've been doing this forever, and, and years and years ago, I, every auction, every firearm auction I've ever had has always been well attended. I don't, I don't ever remember a lull where they were in, out of demand or, or, or not sought after. And so I, and, and, and you're just exactly right. The prices have just amazed you, I think, from you know 20 years ago to now. Especially there's a, I don't know, do you deal in many collector items, collector guns, anything like that or not? Yeah, we do a lot of different ones. Uh, new and old, we carry all of them and deal with those. I, we have uh, consignment guns and collections that come in the shop too and uh, uh, we have like, quite a few of those. They'll come in and just consign out of an estate or something like that, or what? Yep, yeah, they'll consign them to, and you know, we'll let the customer pick the price, or I'll advise them on the price or what I think they can get out of it. You know, a lot of people struggle to make um, six to eight percent of four hundred one k. Generally, on guns, you can make twenty to thirty percent very easily and uh, profit on them. Yeah, if you just store them the right amount of time and sell them at the right time. Yeah, and just got to be able to have a place to store them correctly, yeah, right? A place to store them, right? Yep. Yeah, but auctions, you know, like we when we have our auctions, uh, I don't know. There's a George, George Lippold that comes to mind. I had two auctions for him. I suppose I probably had the first auction for him in the uh, probably in the early '90s, and then at that time he, he's an elderly gentleman, and he had a well, I, I know the first auction I had a hundred and let's see, I, I want to I, I want to say that I had like a hundred and ten or fifteen guns for him. We had his own auction. We rented the hall in Avoca, Iowa, and uh, advertised it well. And at that time, I had a gentleman from the old Fonell gun shop. You ever heard of that, Scott? You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yep, yep. You bet. And, and that, that gentleman came over there and he cleared the gun for me. We set up kind of a bank and whenever we sold, as soon as we sold a, uh, a, an item, a gun, well, then we delivered it to the bank and he did all the paperwork. But that, that whole fair building in Avoca was just absolutely full of people from I don't know how many states. I was going to go back before the, the uh, program tonight and see how many states attended. But just goes to show you, and he had, you know, he, he had, I, I remember selling shotguns for, Back then, for you know, twenty five hundred, three thousand dollars. I remember that he had a lot of double barrels. and yeah. brought a lot of money. Yeah. I can't remember what brands they were. Yeah, you worked the auction, yeah. you did, yeah. 
and uh, so I know they were, you know, uh, they were something pretty special. And then about oh, probably five. I don't know how long he lived after that, but but it, then he passed, and then uh, his his estate had us have another auction for him, and it was bigger than the first one. You'd almost didn't think had think he still had, you know he still had a huge collection left, and and so that from and from then then on any any uh, interaction I've ever had with guns and auctions has been really good, and, and I I think every gun dealer would probably say that with me, Scott, that that gun, an auction is a good way to sell guns. Oh yeah, very good way. Uh, Let's get back here just a little bit. I want to go on the categories of what makes guns popular a little bit, and, and it has to do like when you ha when you advertise a, a firearm auction or have some on an auction. What kind of who do you want to reach and, and who do you want to attend your auction? When you got when you take the handgun category, first of all, in your shop, what's most what's the most popular? Handguns, rifles, shotguns. Really, it's it's pretty even across the board. Um, we sell a lot more handguns, uh, like say the women are wanting to carry more, so we sell a lot of those handguns. But then, uh, you know, the shotguns and rifles just keep right up there, also. Um, you know, you wouldn't think so on the on the rifles in our area because you can't shoot deer with the rifle; it's shotgun or muzzleloader. But uh, you can shoot coyotes, uh, so we sell a lot of bolt action rifles, also. Yeah, and then the, the ARs are popular for coyotes too, aren't they? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had the, like, in handguns, if I know, sir, I get you protect, pr protection is one category, and then then people like people just go out for enjoyment and want to go out and, and, and do it for, uh, for a pastime. And then there's competition. I don't know if there's any competitions. Uh, here, do you? I mean, is there any? Uh, yeah, we have we have one every year. It's uh, it's May 18th this year. We usually get about 100 guns at it. Wow. Tell you what's really big right now, and I've been noticing. And uh, one of the people we do a lot of business with contacted me, and they have a I think a girl that's an eighth grade or a freshman is this trap shooting that's through these schools, and uh, it it's really taken off. And um, when I was Oh, in Omaha the other day, there's a large all-boys Catholic school there called Creighton Prep. And I ran into a kid that was wearing a hooded sweatshirt that says Creighton Prep Trap Team. And I just couldn't believe it. And I asked him, I says, Creighton Prep has a trap team? And he said there was over 80, 80 kids on it. And that's yeah, in the city. And that's in the Valley, too. Yeah, Missouri Valley. Tri-Centers, I think, is real big. I think Tri-Center yeah. and Underwoods, one of those, Tri-Center and Underwood, actually, for their 7th or 8th graders, I think won a state award here last year um, in, the, in their division. So it's, it's, getting to be, uh, it's getting to be really big. Yeah, it, um, then on, on the outdoor channel and that, you see the, the auctions where they've got the, what do they call them, different types, the run gun or whatever the, is that the right name no oh, there's a guy that shoots the Benelli that shoots about nine oh, yeah, that guy second. trick shooter for Benelli yeah. yeah well I think we're getting close to another break I, we like to keep Scott on just for yeah. maybe a few more minutes you're not so. getting tired are you Scott no not at all okay <laughs> all right that's fine we'll keep you on just stay with us a little bit we're going to a break here uh, right now and then we'll, we'll come back for our last segment we've enjoyed having you on and I know the public has too, so we'll... Uh, you can also feel free to give us a call at 
5790 if you have any questions for Scott yeah. or Ed or yeah, if you uh, want to know about guns we've got the guy on the line to ask he knows them. so you know so just call 866-472-5790 and we'll talk to you after the break thank you America Business Network, the bottom line in business. As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Ed Spencer's American Auction View. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Jaina at edspencer.com. That's J-A-I-N-A at edspencer.com. And she'll make sure you have an answer as soon as possible. Now, back to Ed Spencer and Luke Spencer. Welcome back, everyone. It's a pleasure to be back. I think this is our fourth segment here tonight. Our guest this evening is Scott Beatty. He's the owner and operator of Valley Arms, uh, a gun uh, shop, and uh, does a real good job. He's located on the on the western edge of uh, of Iowa, in a little town called Missouri Valley by I twenty nine, but it's close to a metropolitan area of Omaha and Council Bluffs, and about twenty five miles is all. Scott does a real good job, handles all our guns. He said he just informed us and said he, he uh, hunting was a big, the big attraction. He used to duck and goose hunt and, and uh, guide those hunts, and and then his just his uh, love for guns kind of developed and and uh, started his own shop. It's been very successful. And if you want to reach him, you got a, a Facebook page. Is that right, Scott? Yeah, just Valley Arms on Facebook. You should be able to find it. Yeah, just go to Valley Arms on Facebook. He'd love to have you visit his site on Facebook and and uh, like it, like it there, and like his site, and and uh, and he he'd sure be help you. What the regulations again? Can you sell guns about anywhere, or what? What what are you? I mean, if somebody called Jeff from California, can you sell him a gun or not? I can. There's a special form I have to do for California, um, and. I would have. To, I could ship directly to that person, 
Uh, I got to go to an FFL there. Uh, when, when it comes to shipping guns, they have to be shipped uh, to, an, to a federal firearms licensed place. Uh, that, that's true with about any, any state? Any, any state, any gun, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, if somebody were to walk in the shop and want a pistol, I could sell it to them no matter what state they were from, but I have to, if they were from out of the state of Iowa, I'd have to ship it to a federal firearms licensed yeah. dealer in their state. They can pay you that day. But, they can pay me for it that day, sure. But and, but, you, but they can't leave with it. Right. Now, if you're an Iowa resident, for a pistol, you must have a purchase permit or a concealed carry permit before you can leave with a pistol. Yeah, before you can leave with it. All right. With a yeah. but a long gun, long gun, anybody from any state can walk into the shop and buy it. You just have to do a background check on it before they leave with it. And if they pass hey. the background check, then they can leave with the long gun. AR two, correct? Yep. Can they buy? Are ARs are under the same? They don't have any special restrictions. No, nope, no special restrictions. Okay, so a guy walks in your shop and he looking for something specific, or or ask your advice, and and decides on a gun. Then from that moment on, what happens? He he he. You ask him if he's got a permit to carry or conceal and if he doesn't yeah that's my first question if he has a per- if he's from Iowa and he has a permit to carry or a permit to purchase then he can do the paperwork you still have to do the same paperwork we just don't have to do a background check and then they can leave with that pistol or rifle at that point if they're from out of state um, their concealed carry permit or the purchase permit is no good to us we have to do a background check no matter what if they're from out of, from outside the state of Iowa and that could, that can be kind of a lengthy process, Cameron. Or I mean, no, not. We, we do it. Um, we do it online. It's it's very quick. It takes about five minutes. All oh, right. Yeah. Um, so if you don't have a permit to purchase, yeah, if you don't have a permit to purchase, you you can go get one from your local sheriff's office. Okay. And come back and get your pistol. Okay. Um, so so they can you yeah. they can go ahead and buy it and you can hold it for them, can't you? Yes. Yeah. How long does that if usually take to go to? You, oh, to get to, to get the permit. Yeah, uh, if you were to go to the county, the county you're in, like Pot County, is taking up to thirty days. Um, Harrison County is a lot um, shorter time frame. Pot but you have to have, don't you have to have this class out of the way though, right? Or not? No, that's for the, not the that's permit for the to purchase. purchase. Permit. The purchase permit, you just walk in and get it. And they're oh, for a oh, year. I see. Yeah, I see. And, and they're thirty days out in Pot County. Yes. Well, yeah. The main thing people get confused on is they think that when they come in and buy a gun. That gun is not registered with the state or the federal government. It is not. All that paperwork stays in our shop. The only time that the federal government or the uh, local authorities would ever know that you have a gun is if, it w- if, if that gun was used to commit a crime. Then they would chase, they would trace back to where that gun was purchased and who it was sold to, all the way from the factory all the way up to me and to who I sold it to. I've heard a rumor, and maybe this is kind of, I've heard a rumor, maybe this is off the path a little bit, but I was told if you buy, say if a gentleman comes to your place and buys so many guns within a week, do you have yeah. to send a notification to the sheriff's office if that... It's pistol, if it's a pistol and they buy more than one pistol in five business days, I that's when they will be notified. I all this is a form, and I fax it to the federal government, and to the local sheriff's department. Okay. 
But if someone were to walk in your... Long guns does not fit into that. Long guns, you can buy 20 long guns in a week, and there's no special form to be sent in. It's only pistols. But us as auctioneers, don't don't we have to, even though it's a long gun, I I don't think, we're not, we haven't been letting them leave with them that day. We've been still taking those to the dealers. That's still right? Yes, you still have to have them transferred by a dealer. It's got a federal farms license. Still have to have them transferred. Okay, that so go away. What what saves us time is if you already have your purchase permit or your concealed carrier permit, you've already had the background check done, so we don't have to do that anymore. We just have to fill the form out. The, okay. Call the four four seven three. That's the okay. form that we fill out to transfer the gun. Okay, and we're getting close to close here, but I have a question. On some of these auctions, I attended one here not too long ago that another auctioneer did. And on long guns and everything, if they show their permit to purchase to the clerks of the auction, they let them go ahead and take their long guns that day. If it was a pistol, they got transferred, you know, the way we, we've done business with you. Um, is Are they doing that right? I don't believe so. I think it still needs to be I don't think so either. I just... The proper forms yeah. need to be filled out, I, I think. So it should go to an FFL dealer. Like a, uh, like a gun show, but I, I, I really, to protect the auctioneer, to protect themselves, I think they should fill the forms out. Yeah, um, there's just no, there's just no, no reason, reason to, not to be safe. No reason to take a shortcut. If, if we're having, we have, we have consignment auctions. We had one. Oh, and what a month ago, six, six weeks, weeks ago, ago. and uh, and we're gonna we're gonna have more. And uh, Luke and I have applied uh, for an FFL. And the uh, we were told that we needed to do that to keep having these consignment auctions. But what what I'm getting at is if a, if somebody consigned, let's say somebody consigned an au- a gun to us on an auction, or another, say they walked into your store and wanted you to buy a firearm or a pistol or whatever. And do do we know? How, do you have to check that to see if that gun is on a hot list or anything anywhere? I mean, is there anything if I, you? Could, if I suspect it could be. Um, you need to call the uh, sheriff department and have them check it, and they can check it for you um, if you suspect that it is not uh, if it's stolen. So if something's uh, doesn't seem right about it. Well, then you yeah, you would you. Um, and, and and us as auctioneers, if we took that gun on consignment, we we should pr- probably call you or call a dealer and have you do it, right? Or well, as, even as a dealer, I don't have access to that database. Only the only the sheriff departments. Uh, so we we can just call the sheriff then and yeah. And, uh, okay. Yeah. Main thing is that what I do with every gun that comes in, if it comes in a uh, consignment, or if I buy a gun from a person, we copy their. Uh, government ID with the picture on it so that we can show where it came from. If something came up later yeah. that it showed up on a stolen list that, hey, say, hey, we got it from this person. Here's their okay. ID. Well, yeah. that's good. Well, Scott, uh, we're coming kind of towards the end of our show here this evening a little bit, but the, we, we appreciate we, it very we, much. Thank you very, thank very you much for, your knowledge. for, uh, for calling in and uh, Get helping us with your knowledge, and I'm sure everybody was thought it very, very informative. So we thank you very much, and uh, any pleasure. Thank you, Scott. Yep. Uh, out there, uh, we uh, thank everybody for turning in here and uh, for tuning in, and uh, thank you very much for listening tonight. Again, we thank Scott Beatty. And, thank you, Scott. And uh, Luke and I and Jana. 
We thank you for your attempt, for your listening, and hope you've learned something tonight. Next week, we're going to concentrate on antiques. Uh, so if you have any antique questions, we're going to do some research and on antique auctions and, and things like that. So if you have any questions we can plan on next week, we will highlight on antiques at public auction. I guess we're here nearing the end. Uh, th thanks again for tuning in. Look forward to seeing you next week. And, thank you very and much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you again for tuning in to Ed Spencer's American Auction View. Please join us again next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Ed and Luke Spencer hope to speak with you then.